Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 105 in Edmonton. Love having Brian Lott on the show. Always an interesting perspective. This is the second hour of Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Special thanks to Sarah Fox and Kellen Kennedy. Short notice pinch hitting on today's edition of Oilers Now is a big part of the show. Brendan Escott is going to be down for a couple days here. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. And you can text us. And we will get to some of your texts probably at about 120. 123 today on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer, and tweet Brendan at Brendan Escott. Um, Japanese Village, open a survey to any one of their five Edmonton and area locations featuring Japanese A5 Wagyu. Visit to jvedmonton.ca. I, I got to. I, I I have to relay something that went out on Twitter. Sometimes you need a chuckle, and I got one, and it occurred uh, involving the Carolina Hurricanes and the Boston Bruins. If you've not see, seen us, seen this, last night, Carolina, after they beat Boston 7-1, and Carolina's got a good team, but Boston's played pretty well of late. Um, Carolina tweeted out, and they've got a very assertive uh, social media department. The Hurricanes tweeted out, L stands for Lamborghini. Final score was 7-1. Brad Marchand responded today from the Boston Bruins, you're still the reason we pay 20% in escrow. Oh, man. It's funny. Oh, I needed a laugh at that. That's a funny response from a player who I I know a prominent Oiler player one time. And, uh, as this guy's career was really taken off, uh, Brad Marchand skated up to him and said, you're not that good, you know. <laughs> and then the guy really went, supersonic gin and tonic and the next time he played him he's like all right i'll concede you're better than i thought they both started laughing it was brad marshad's a funny guy that again the hurricanes after their 7-1 victory last night l stands for lamborghini brad marshad's response today you're still the reason we pay 20 percent in escrow 
Oh, that's funny. That has me laughing. To the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, we welcome back to the show our provincial affairs columnist and from the Cult of Hockey, very popular Oilers blog. Uh, we welcome back David Staples. How you doing, David? Great, Bob. How you doing? Good. That's an effective use of Twitter on behalf of Brett Marchand, isn't it? That was great. That was great. And, you know, from the Edmonton's perspective, we can remember all those years, decades, where the Oilers were just, you know, one of the bottom revenue teams in the NHL, you know, the bottom five, maybe right at the bottom. And there was very little assistance. And now that the Oilers have been, you know, top i don't know where they are you know somewhere between in the, in the top 10 i mean they, they they were the seventh i think seventh highest sixth highest most valued franchise in the latest forbes rankings and now that they're one of the half teams of course there's all of this money going to the uh weaker teams from from the more wealthy uh franchises so it's a little bit frustrating from an edmonton perspective well, just in that regard you know and, and just to provide a little bit more perspective on this for the listeners uh, edmonton calgary and ottawa from 2000 2001 till 0304 received about $3 million a year in what was called the Canadian Assistance Program, the CAP. And then the they got in a hard cap after 0405. Well, what happened is when we came back from 0405, where hockey mattered, the fans came back and there was a slower return in the States. And uh, the Oilers, of course, went on an extended playoff run in 0506 and went to the Stanley Cup final and were a revenue contributor that year. And basically, uh, off the top of my head, I know, and I guess I'll exclude up until March of 2020, but all but one season from 0506 to the end of 1920, Edmonton contributed to revenue sharing. And I think the only year they didn't was the last year at Rexall Place. And that's because the Canadian dollar plummeted. Okay, so the valuation, the Canadian dollar uh, sort of... So most years, I I know that, and this is important, the league's going to announce, David, I think today at 3.30, the new schedule, the owners have got nine games postponed so far. They'll have a bunch of games between the 7th to the 21st. I know that for a fact uh, of February. But it, uh, there was a report out there in Elliot Friedman's 32 Thoughts, great piece, about the fact that Edmonton and Montreal, $2.3 million per home gate. They're not making that in the States. Case in point, when Edmonton went to go play over in Gothenburg, Sweden, New Jersey got 900000 That's because that was more than they make for their home gates in New Jersey. And New Jersey's a, an uber-wealthy team. They own the 76ers. They've hired lots of people away from other organizations. They get revenue sharing. And Edmonton contributes to revenue sharing and has basically done it every year that we've had fans with the exception of one dating back to uh, 0506 i guess it's a good thing i mean in the end it's it allows the oilers um to spend to the top of the cap something they you know they, they couldn't before there was a cap they just couldn't compete for players so i mean i am grumbling a bit here but i it, it's obviously a good thing for the oilers franchise to be on solid uh, financial footing so yeah, no, no question about that. Well, the, the team's on solid financial footing, but the fan base is exasperated. Um, they will stick up for their players. There's no, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, for me, I look at Ryan Nugent Hopkins and, and yes, Apolliarvi as two guys that in this market are almost sacred cows. Now, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is one of the nicest people and will engage everybody and is never... Um, 
you know, doesn't show a lot of exasperation and frustration. Pugliarmi's a little bit different. Uh, I think there's just so many people pulling him for him. Uh, but the, but the fan base, you know, they, the, the, it's funny. The fan base is more willing to call out uh, the general manager and the head, head coach. And last week we heard Ken Holland say, look, I built this team. And, David, how much is this just recently, because there's a lot of negativity out there, how much of this is just a byproduct of, you know, only playing one game over, what's it been, about a two-week uh, uh, run here and not being able to address a stretch where the team's gone 2-9-2 and two and now 2-10-2? Two, well, it doesn't hasn't given people a lot to chew on in the terms terms of new games, and I mean the the game that we're chewing on is the Ottawa game, right? Which was the, probably the most disappointing game of the year, uh, a, a must-win game, you know, where where they give up a three-one lead. So the lack of games has been a factor. You know, on the other hand, it's it, it's happened when uh, it's given Hyman a chance to get healthy. He looked a heck of a lot better against yes. Ottawa than he looked previously. It's giving Nugent Hopkins, um, you know, he, he's been out. He's out now with injury, and it's giving him time to get better. It's giving all the players who have COVID on the Oilers time to fully recover. So, you know, if there had been more games, it might be worse because the Oilers might have lost more games. It's giving Mike Smith a little bit of breathing room here to get better without any games so the orders have been missing some key players um off and on it's you just look at the lineup it's been chaos for the last six weeks with the Edmonton Oilers surely that's one of the factors that that is that has hampered the team though I think that you know Leon Dreisaitl was asked yesterday what is the biggest factor in a now famous exchange with Jim Matheson and I think the answer I think it's I think it's really two things it's goal it's goaltending goaltending that's that's the two things goaltending and goaltending it's also a little bit less effectiveness on the power play but really it comes down to goaltending of the other team being so strong against the Oilers and the Oilers uh, suffering in net a bit well the Oilers have gone two ten and two five of the ten losses have been against teams that are in the top ten in the standings including two games against the Maple Leafs which makes nobody happy Toronto's got the best record in the league since November the first uh, so they've lost to some good teams and the numbers speak for themselves, and, and you know it's not like Drysaddle is going to sit there and say, "Well, goaltending, he can't do that." We can do that and say the goaltending needs to be better. Darnell Nurse spoke yesterday, but talked about you know the team needing to focus to get the goals against down collectively, this, not just on the goaltenders. But at the end of the day, you got to have save percentages that are above 882, and that's the best of the save percentages between uh, Stuart Skinner. Smith and Koskinen during this 14-game run. You're going to need more stops, but they've also got to dedicate themselves to playing better team defense as well, David. Yeah, it, it's true. I, I think it's particularly on the PK, they're giving up more really super high-quality chances uh, than they are previously. We're starting to see kind of more cross-team passes leading to one-timer shots, including the winning goal uh, in, in the Ottawa game. We're seeing that a little bit more frequently than we saw previously. Now, I don't know what the other stats are saying, but in our tracking at the Cult of Hockey, a grade A shots, we're seeing exactly the same number of grade A shots given up in the huge, when they were winning and when they're losing. We haven't seen a market decrease or the increase in the number of grade A shots that the orders are giving up. They're creating a little bit less on the attack, mainly because their power play isn't good, but their defense is about the same. And so I... You know, I think it's mainly I think it's mainly goaltending. I think that their their goalies are not coming up with the big save, and 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 it's absolutely debilitating 
for any team when that's happening, when they can't count on their goaltenders. It is, it's a confidence crusher. It destabilizes the whole team, creates a sour mood, and... I, I think that's what's the main thing that's going on. Yeah, you're behind early in games. Obviously, that's a factor as well. Just to cl- we've talked about this before. Um, so you're doing chances, basically high danger scoring chances for and against on average in the 21 game, uh, 16 and five start. What were the numbers? How many chances were they creating four per game, and how many chances were they giving up per game? It, 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 when they were when they were the best team in the NHL, they were creating 14 grade A shots a game and giving up 12. And now they're creating about 13 and giving up 12. There's, there isn't a huge difference that we're seeing in the grade A shots. And we're doing it, whether we're doing it right or wrong, we're using the same standards throughout both time periods. And we're not seeing this, this Oilers team isn't collapsing. They're getting more grade A shots on average, even in this losing streak, than the opposition. So what I've seen, you know, what I'm seeing is some great goaltending at the other end of the ice. I think that's part of it. Um, that's part of what's going on. And they're not getting as many p- power play um, opportunities. They're not getting as much power play ice time per game. It's down about uh, 30 seconds a game in the losing streak. And that's impacting their ability to get off. Because you get your very, very best grade A shots on the power play, and the orders aren't getting as many of them. But it, but again, it just I just think it really does this one factor, this huge factor, is is biting the Oilers right now, and it's up to Ken Holland. Uh, I think you guys were talking about it with spec. This is really up to Ken Holland to address. He took a risk going into the season. It's blown up in his face right now, and he's got to he's got to figure out a way to fix this. Okay, and you're referring obviously the goaltending. Just yeah. on the scoring chances for scoring, I'm going to ask you this for the 17th time over the last four years. Is there any chance you have a bias that favors the Oilers? Like you give Edmonton more credit for scoring chances than you would at the opposition? Because some might say there'd be a natural bias since you're, you know, you're a guy that cares about the Edmonton Oilers. Is there any chance, or do you think you're fairly neutral in your assessment? Well, we really care mostly. Our our goal is fairness and accuracy. So you know, to to do that, we have standards that, that we use. I do the initial chances, and Bruce McCurdy goes over them, and we have a discussion. Is this a chance? Is this not a chance? Uh, we publish our results so people can look at it, and if we get it wrong, they can they can talk to us about it. So our goal is to be fair and accurate, but you, you can never rule out bias. So we try to control for that bias by being public, being transparent, and having two people go over the numbers. So um, it's always a possibility, Bob, bias in any in any endeavor like that, which is subjective, is an issue. And what you do is you try to take steps to limit it, to recognize it's an issue and try to limit it as much as possible. What sort of, like, when people respond back, like, have you done a survey to say, you know, like, obviously everybody's focusing on the goaltender, goaltending, and that's fair when you take a look at the save percentages over the last 14 games. We all know the orders. The goalies would be the first to tell you, we need to give the team more stops. They, all three of the guys that have played goal would say that because that's the kind of guys they are. Um, there's been a, a recent sort of impetus that Edmonton's been too easy to play against. I, I had some concerns even when the team was winning games during the end of that 16-5 and five stretch. I put a couple names out there. Nathan Bastian for me. You were going to have to trade for him. You weren't getting him on waivers because I knew New Jersey was going to claim him back. Actually, five teams put claims in on him. But, you know, is there? do you buy the belief that Edmonton's too easy to play against? That, that message has been out there over the last three or four days. The owners have to find a way to become more difficult to play against. 
Yeah, I do. I, 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 there's something to it. I mean, here's, and this is just anecdotal. It's not based on any kind of statistical analysis. But when Marcus Niemelainen joined the team, why did it seem like such a, a huge thing? He started to come out there and blow up opposition players with some big checks. And it suddenly, it was like a revelation to every Oilers fan, like, wow, look at this guy doing it. And it's because we haven't seen that on this team. This team lacks that element of the big hitter. I mean, Darnell Nurse started out the year doing eight hits a game. He couldn't keep that up. Zach Cassian has lost a bit of his edge uh, as a hitter, I'm going to suggest. He, you don't see him able to get make those big hits as much. Josh Archibald is sorely missed. He was providing that last year, you know, that guy or a couple times a game who would just plaster, you know, the opposition members. And we didn't, we, so when we saw Nima Line, it was like a, a huge light went off for everybody. Like, wow, this is an element the Oilers are missing because, you know, Nima Linen is not a great uh, two-way hockey player right now at the NHL level, but everyone's going to, he might make the team because this is just such a missing part of the Edmonton Oilers. So, yeah, I think it's something they need. And it's hard to find, though, uh, Bob. It's it's hard to find that forward or defenseman who's going to come in here who different, can both play and provide that physical element. Different game today as well. David, we'd be yeah. remiss. Your provincial affairs calmness, and there's some interesting... I don't know if you saw it today. Uh, I always look to the U.K. when I when I look over in Europe. Uh, sometimes, you know, I look to the United States. And I, okay, I admit I got a bit of a bias I follow the news out of the UK. Maybe part of it's because I'm a late-blooming soccer fan uh, and and also the United States in terms of what's happening politically. And uh, today, Boris Johnson, uh, the the United Kingdom is changing their rules. They're moving away from... They still have some restrictions, but they're moving away from lockdowns and they're going to be moving away from masks as well. And basically, Boris Johnson stated last weekend that we're just going to have to come to terms with the fact that we're going to have to live with COVID and we're going to have to protect the most vulnerable, but we're going to have to get on with their lives. And I'm, I'm watching, I'm very, you know, you watch the national championship game and there's 90,000 fans. You're watching the NFL playoff games, there's 90,000 fans. You're watching the NHL games and there's, you know, 15 to 19,000 fans at all the games in the States. I've got empty buildings in Ontario, half full buildings in, in, in Alberta and in BC. What do you make... Do you think Canada is going to follow suit when we when they see other uh, national governing bodies kind of moving the goalposts a bit here, dealing with COVID? You've, you've been a guy that's been covering this now for the last 20 months. Bob, I think it's going to surprise people how quickly the restrictions are going to go away um, here in Alberta and in the rest of Canada. I think it's going to happen fast and it's going to happen soon. And um, the, the reason is this, Omicron, there, there was a study done recently, you know, and we can all look at the numbers ourselves, but this is a researcher who understands stats. It peaks after 30 days in place after place after place. It looks like it's happening right now in Alberta. We've had it for more than 30 days now. The case counts are coming down. The positivity rate's going down a little bit. Looks like we're, we're heading down the downward slope. Most people feel... Um, like their and their loved ones are now protected from um, uh, Omicron and from COVID because of the vaccines and because of improved therapeutics. Uh, people are more aware than ever before of how lockdown harms people, especially young people, our kids, and are absolutely sick to death of restrictions. 
the look the, the moment it looks reasonable and safe to get rid of these restrictions they are gone and it's not going to be the government that's going to push this across Canada it's going to be the people standing up and saying enough we're ready to get back with our regular lives we're ready to live again I mean I like I love George Laroque's rant last week on your show just the frustration he was expect, uh, experiencing and he was speaking for all of us for, for most of us I should say but I think the vast majority of people as soon as it's safe and it's looking like that's going to be soon we're going to get rid of these restrictions and uh, get back to living regular life now whether uh, COVID throws us another loop that's a that's a different question but I think the res- the restrictions are going to be gone late February early March by the second anniversary of the pandemic we're going to be living free again oh, well that's a that's a brazen prediction it was interesting <laughs> again and all you need to do is just type up Boris Johnson today and not a lot of people think he's uh, a buffoon uh, but he's certainly an opinionated guy and an interesting perspective, and I wonder whether or not people have just said enough's enough in, uh, in, in Great Britain, and away we go. David, great stuff. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Bob. You bet. That is David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. It's 124 in Edmonton. Uh, when we get back, we're going to bang off some text here on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. You're listening to Oilers now. 128 at Edmonton. You heard Cam Moon talk about it. Cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin, 10-time President's Award winners for customer satisfaction. Right now, the best way to get a vehicle is to custom order one. Discounts are available from both Brent Ridge Ford and from the Ford Motor Company on most custom orders. Get the exact equipment and colors that you want. Reach out to Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at BrentRidge.com or at 1-877-477-3673. Uh... This text comes to us out of Las Vegas. It's the Chisler. Definitely not a soccer enthusiast, Stoff. Love the busting upon and chuckling on the Brad Marchand uh, tweet. Uh, He just also wanted to add, hey, Stoff, case count up sky high in Vegas, 18,000, after we just had David Staples on the show. Fletch in uh, Calgary says David Staples is a great guest, and he brings numbers to a game that's relied too much on subjectivity for too long. Again, uh, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, could the Edmonton Oilers maybe get Chara? Looks like uh, the Islanders are out. Chara would give them toughness, leadership, and a boost to the third pair. Well, I love Sedano Chara. I, he's played his whole career in the Eastern Conference, right? Don't know about it. And Mark says, Bob, looks like just about everybody in the Oilers organization got COVID except you. See, COVID doesn't, doesn't even like you. That text comes to us from Mark. Or I've just been really lucky. Or if you have a steady diet of Baileys and coffee in the morning and pound back a Red Bull, maybe that's the magic elixir i got to reach out to Joe Rogan on that and see if that works. Uh, Bob, what do you think is the likelihood that Ken Holland will make a move for a goaltender? Well, I found Brian Lawton's comments pretty interesting. He thinks something's going to get done between now and the trade deadline. We'll continue down that path with John Shannon after we go to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.